Do you know the point of salvation is not just so your sins can be forgiven and that you can go to heaven, but the point of salvation is to have a personal, deep, active relationship with the living God? We're going to talk about that today in more depth, and I'm going to share a very familiar scripture with you in a way that is going to help you know that you were created to have an intimate relationship with God. So grab your pen and notebook and Bible, and I will see you real soon. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. I am passionate about helping people grow deeper in their personal relationship with God because I know what it's like to be saved but stuck and striving to do all of the things to try to live a Christian life because that's what you're told, but never having under understanding of what the scriptures really mean and what they're calling you into. So I am going to start out with a very familiar scripture. Most people can quote it. It's John 3.16. Now, before you write me off and say, okay, I've already heard this a bazillion times, I am going to present some things to you that I want you to look at and really look at what do you believe about that? And if you go back to my last podcast where I said, in order to start thriving, you've got to make that decision that you have had enough. You don't want religion where you're doing all the works and the legalistic things to try to be good, to get good, but you want to have all that God intends for you. You know, John 10, 10 says it's the thief that comes to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus said that he came to give us life and life in abundance and I struggled for a long time because I knew there had to be more than the Christian life than I was experiencing. I had done everything in my own willpower and striving, and it just was exhausting. I always felt like I could just never measure up. But then one time I had someone introduce John 3.16 to me in a way that changed my perspective on everything. See, I got scared into heaven because I did not want to go to hell. I knew I was a sinner. I grew up in the world, so I knew the world's way. And, you know, I grew up heathen, so <laughs> I knew how to sin with the best of them. But I didn't know how to live holy the way God was calling me to holy, to live holy without it being my own efforts. But when I started to have my eyes open to, he wanted a personal, deep, intimate relationship with me. And my friend explained these scriptures in a way that opened up my heart to be able to receive. So I want to share that with you today. You know, I am called to be a Bible teacher and a mentor. And part of that was I wanted to know the word, but it was always challenging in church to get my questions answered. And I didn't have anyone really to 
help explain it to me. I would go to Bible studies or we had small home groups, but it's still, I was never able to have that deep personal connection with how to interpret scripture with scripture until I met someone one day. And she helped me understand what does everlasting life mean? Biblically, what is it talking about? So let's grab your pen and notepaper or Bible journal, whatever you have right there. And let's dissect this a little bit. Well, not a little bit. I'm a, I'm a deep well. I can go a mile deep real fast. So I will try to, to keep this as simple as possible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I want to dissect a few things for you. And bear with me on my train of thought, because again, we've got to interpret scripture with scripture. And a lot of times we come in with preconceived ideas. And my last podcast, I talked about what do you believe about God? And what do you believe about yourself? Because your life is going to be a byproduct of those two beliefs. Even if you don't recognize it, you make decisions based on if you believe in God, if you don't, what you know about God, or what you know of God. And just like in any relationship, you've got to know the person you're in relationship with. So let's dissect the scripture. For God so loved the world. Let's just stop there. First of all, the focus is on God. God initiated salvation. He wasn't forced into it. He wasn't frustrated with mankind. It was the fact that he wanted relationship with his creation. If you want to know what something's purpose is, you've got to go back to the original beginning. And Genesis means beginnings. So you go back to Genesis 1 and study how did God set things up? And humans were his final creation. We were the crowned jewel. We were the object of his love. And he would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. In the cool of the day, he would fellowship. That is the original intent. It says that we were created for God's pleasure to have relationship with him because He is love, and love wants to have that reciprocated. He gave us free will, so we would choose to love him. So God so loved, that is his character, and that is his motive. Three absolutes of God that I always teach is God is life, God is light, and God is love. So if you ever want to know if your, what you're hearing is God's voice, it will have some aspect of his character. And then his motive is always love. Before the foundation of the world, God knew, before he even created anything, he knew he was going to have to send his son Jesus to die in our place. So none of this caught God by surprise. So in John chapter 3, 
Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who was a religious leader, and Nicodemus was struggling with how does one get born again? But you have to know why would Jesus even say we have to get born again? And again, you've got to go back to the beginning in Genesis. God created Adam and Eve, and he said to Adam, rule and have dominion over the earth. And through a series in Genesis 3, the enemy, the thief comes in, who's in the form of a serpent, that deceives Eve and will always, and he questioned, he had her question, did God really say? There's some patterns in Genesis 3 that I teach a lot about, which I'll have another podcast on, to know how do we know if we're being deceived? Because the problem with when you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. You don't know what you don't know, right? You've heard that before. And boy, like I said in the last podcast, I was Hosea 4.6, God's people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's not head knowledge, it's that heart understanding, because God is a heart God. More on that later. So when Adam sinned, he didn't believe God ultimately, and he ate of the forbidden fruit When God said, don't eat from the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for you will surely die, God was not lying. Adam and Eve did die spiritually. And then naturally, in their physical body, you know, hundreds of years later. But man died spiritually, and that we're all created in Adam. So what had to happen was God was going to have to send a man to redeem mankind and reconcile us back to God. So God knew that he was going to have to send himself in the form of Jesus, his son, in human flesh, to reconcile us back to God, to give us a new spirit. So when when Jesus is saying you need to be born again, he's talking about the spirit. And then he's going to send the Holy Spirit to come reside in us when we believe on Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit then comes to live inside of us, to help us and guide us and lead us into all truth. He's called the Spirit of Truth. You know, I'll talk a lot about Holy Spirit later in episodes, but, you know, there's there's three part of the Godhead. You know, in, in Genesis one twenty six, when God says, let us make man in our image and our likeness, that word us is Elohim, which is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're going to see throughout the word that the three are in one. So we are created in the image and likeness of God, but when Adam sinned, that spiritual connection died. And so God wanted to reconcile mankind back to himself to have us go back to how it was in his original plan to have daily fellowship with him. You know, one of my my key verses that um, I love is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And I'll, I'll talk a lot about this in, in, in the future. Again, I, I want to go deep, but I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. 
But uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And it's actually a benediction. That is, we've got to know all three aspects of that relationship. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're saved by grace through the finished work of Jesus, his performance, by faith, which is our part, to believe and trust that he died once for all. For those who would believe in him as Lord and Savior, we are now reconciled back to God, that we are made righteous, that we are made just as God intended for us to have that intimate relationship with us. And now we've got to retrain the way we think and the way we feel to line up with God's truth. But we have to know the love of God. In Galatians, it says that faith works through love. If we don't know how much God loves us and that he is love and that we were created in love for love, to be love and express love, we're going to miss that relationship. We're going to have a form of religion that it's our performance and our works. And that is exhausting. Rules and regulations are religion. And it will turn into rebellion. But God wants an intimate relationship. And I'm going to prove that out here in a second here. And then finally, going back to the 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you can relate, but I didn't even know that third of the Godhead. I heard about Holy Spirit, but when I, as an adult, um, got saved and started going to church, the only time I would hear about Holy Spirit was when we would sing the doxology or if someone prayed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I knew nothing about the person of the Holy Spirit. And that was really sad because that's who lives inside you if you have chosen and believed on Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You've got to know the Holy Spirit because Jesus lives in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of Father God in heaven. Holy Spirit is who lives inside you. And I love teaching about Holy Spirit. Again, future episodes. Let's go back to some basics. We've got to know foundations. If you don't have the right foundation, I don't care how much of the tools you have and how great the walls look and how much it's nicely decorated. If your foundation is faulty, everything else is going to crumble. Again, I used to be in renovations and my husband uh, is in the building industry. And so we talk a lot about foundations. In fact, we're going to have a podcast of just he and I talking about foundational truths for biblical marriage and parenting and relationships and what that looks like in the business world. Um, but you've got to have the right foundation. So this is what this scripture is. John three sixteen is a foundational scripture, but let's continue on. I'm a sprinkler again. I'm sorry if, if you don't, if you're linear and you have a hard time, you want the three steps. My brain just does not work that way. So bear with me here. 
Okay. God gave. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God so loved the world. He loved his creation. And we were created for a relationship to be blessed. You know, in Genesis 1, again, I go back to where God blessed Adam and Eve. They were to thrive and they were to subdue the earth and rule and reign with him. That is his original plan. And that's a life God intends for us now through the finished work of, the, of Jesus. We live on this side of the cross. We have a new and better covenant. But God gave. We are the object of his affection. You know, if I were to give you a gift right now, I would not expect anything in return except for relationship with you. A gift is not something that you earn. It's not a reward for your behavior or efforts, or it's not from doing a job and you work to earn it. And it's also not a loan. A gift is a gift that is to be given. But if I were to give you a gift, I would want you to open it and enjoy what it offers you. God is giving us this gift of his son. God gave his best gift. He gave himself. And he did it to reconcile us back to him. So God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Believing is the key to having a relationship with God. Jesus always talked about your beliefs. And that'll be, again, we'll go way into that. Because the only thing he corrected his disciples for was unbelief, predominantly. You have to believe. And in Romans 10, it says that you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. And when you do that, you enter into God's kingdom. You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his love, of his dear son. But for so long, I chose Jesus to be my savior because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to perish. I wanted my sins to be forgiven. But I didn't understand the rest of that scripture but to have everlasting life. And what does that look like, everlasting life? I knew there was more to life than I was experiencing. And this was the key that my friend unfolded for me. She said, Lori, the focus of this verse is not on perishing, that you got the fire insurance and you're not going to hell, but rather it's on having everlasting life. And according to John 17, 3, Jesus' own words explain what everlasting life is. He says, and this is eternal life or everlasting life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, this is Jesus's final prayer to the Father. You know, if, if you've never spent time uh, in John 
the Gospel of John chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, oh, let me tell you, that will change the way you look at the Father, the way you look at Jesus, Holy Spirit, and yourself. And again, we'll go into depth on that later on. But this is eternal life, that they may know the one true God and Jesus whom you have sent. Again, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have intimate relationship. And this is not just mere intellectual knowledge. That word, um, the word know in John 17, 3, that they may know, that they might know, that word is not speaking of intellectual knowledge, which there's a lot of people who know about God. And I was one of them. Like I said, I could, I knew a lot of things about God, but I didn't know him on that deep level. And this word know here is not just referring to that intellectual knowledge, but rather experiential knowledge. It's the same word that is used in Genesis 4, where it says Adam knew his wife Eve, and they conceived a child. What God is wanting you to do is have such a deep and personal relationship with him that you conceive that his word is a seed that gets planted in your heart and starts to grow and you will bear that fruit. That's why Jesus says in John 15, John chapter 15, Jesus is saying, abide in me and you will bear fruit. Apart from him, we cannot do anything that is going to be fruitful that we're not going to do the works of the flesh, that what we're talking about is spiritual growth. And, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says um, something about the, the, I'm, I'm not quoting it right now, it's just coming to me, that the natural mind cannot understand the spiritual. We cannot understand God's kingdom with natural eyes, with our five senses, the way we think. Um, the, what we see, touch, taste, feel, and hear. It's got to be spiritually discerned. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 3, a man has to be born again. Our spirit has to come alive to God. And that happens by believing and putting your trust in Jesus in his finished work, that he who knew no sin was made sin so that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, um, 21. So the point of salvation here is so that we can have that life in abundance, the salvation benefits. Salvation does not just mean that your sins are forgiven and you're going to hell, that you've got your ticket to ride and, you know, in the sweet by and by, it's going to be glorious. I always thought, well, that doesn't even make sense because if it's all about me suffering now here in this world and then eventually going to heaven, why the work? Why the bother? And then my eyes were open to, no, salvation is all about being saved, but it means deliverance. Anything that's tormenting you, being delivered of fear, that's a big one these days, but it means health and wholeness, 
soundness of mind, safety, completeness. You know, shalom, the word shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. Not just peace, but that completeness, that wholeness. So God is inviting you into a close personal relationship with him where you bear such good fruit, such as love and joy and peace. And we're going to discuss that in further detail and how to practice and develop that relationship with God. How do you hear his voice more clearly? I want to encourage and empower you to discover who God is so then you can discover who you are because you're created in his image and his likeness. And I talk to people all of the time and help them discover who God created them to be. And it is a discovery process. You know, if you think about Adam and Eve, they were the first humans. There was no book. There was nothing. There was only intimate relationship with God, talking to him throughout the whole day, asking him questions. You know, that's really what prayer is, is a dialogue. And you know, I am, I'm married, I've been married for 29 years. And let me tell you that in my first two years of marriage, I knew a lot about my husband and I even knew him, but I didn't know him to the depth that I know him now being married 29 years with him. I can hear his voice from, if there were a thousand people in a room and my husband spoke, I could pick out his voice from anyone else's. If you said to me, hey, I was talking to my husband, Fred, and um, he said this, I would know if that was accurate or not, because I know him in such a deep and personal way. And that is what God wants for you. So he is inviting you into that relationship of knowing him. This is eternal life that you would know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom he sent and that he's given you now, once you believe on him, the power of the Holy Spirit to help bring scripture alive to you, to show you what you do not know, to teach you and guide you. And it's such a fun relationship. I hate religion. In fact, I've been face-to-face with a lot of people who try to put God in a box and try to um, say, you can do this, you cannot do that. And um, yeah, I could go on and on. But God wants a living relationship where it's vibrant and you talk to him throughout the day and he is fun. He is good. And if you don't know God in that way, the good news is you can right now. And it's just simply a matter of, God, I change the way I think. I repent. Repentance means change direction, change the way you think. So I repent of doing religious things to try to be good, to get good. But I want to know you and the power of your resurrection. You know, that's one of Paul's statements that I just love, that I want to know God and the power of his resurrection. And I want him to change me from the inside out. And he will do that. So he meets you where you're at. So just invite him. Say, Lord, I want to know you. I open my heart. 
and the Holy Spirit, show me. What do you want to speak to me right now? What do I need to know? I choose to know you, God, and I invite you to become my greatest reality. You know, that was my prayer a long time ago. God, I want you to be my greatest reality. I want to grow spiritually so I will discover who I am in Christ and walk in the life that you have for me. Because that life that John 10.10 10 talks about is the Zoe, the God quality kind of life. One where you thrive in every aspect of your life. So if you prayed that today, would you just send me a message and let me know that you are choosing today to enter into a deep relationship with God, that you're tired of religion, tired of the works, tired of being stuck, but you want to know God and for him to be your greatest reality. I would love to hear that. And if you have questions I have a mentoring group. In fact, I've talked to three of my mentors or mentees today just when asking me questions. You know, one of the things I wanted for so long was a mentor to help me. And I was called to become a mentor. And I have a mentorship group mentorship program. So um, I will put that link in the description notes. But if you want to be a part of that, uh, that is available to you. And right now we are talking about how not to let your heart get troubled. In these troubling times, Jesus said in John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he's going to talk about how he will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. But how do you guard your heart? So we're talking a lot about that right now. And it's fun. I've gotten some, it's been some great discussions that we've had. So for the sake of time, I will leave you with those thoughts and Uh, Until next time, we are going to dig deeper into what is that life that God is calling you into? What is it like to know him? What is it like to hear his voice and to grow in the knowledge of who he is and you, who you are in him? So until next time. Real quick before you go, if this has blessed you in any way, I would love for you to help me out. And here's how you can do that. Go to the Apple Podcasts and write a review for my podcast, Created to Thrive. Your comments make a big difference, and I would love to know how this is helping you make a difference in your life. And then also share it with other people. Anyone that you know that needs to start thriving, I would love for you to share that in all the various ways. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day.